uncovered in the caves of Infant Island, hatching from a giant egg and emerging from her cocoon. It's Mothra. that little planter's peanut that it emerged from yes that's a nice planter's peanut yes and cc did point out afterwards that after it gets burnt it looks like a, mm-hmm. it looks like a potato mm. and Interesting. It, does. it totally looks like you a know potato. um that scene <laughs> i love when they put on the shades it just reminds me of the solar eclipse glasses that oh, you know yes. everybody used a couple years ago <laughs> you know, when we had the solar eclipse. Yes, I was like, "This is this is where we got that idea, Mothra." <laughs> That's where it all started. <laughs> well, welcome back to Monsters vs. Men. Uh, this is the podcast where we try to stay alive. We are the bargain basement of the podcasting airwaves, the Kaiju podcasting airwaves. I'm Eric. And I'm Alex. And welcome in. This week, Alex, we are talking about the one, the only, Mothra. And I'm excited for this discussion. What about you? Oh, yeah. Snapping turtles always ready for this discussion. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Legendary. That's all I have to say. Yes. Legendary. Actually, these are Toho films, Eric. True, true. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's get into it then, because I think we have enough to talk about where we could talk for quite a while and I don't want to linger on too long. So I'll, I'll jump in Alex with our film introduction. Okay. Initially conceived as a monster movie to attract women viewers, 1961's Mothra refuses to be boxed into some of the tropes that we've seen. Of course, this follow up Mothra versus Godzilla features many of the same themes we see here. But my initial question to you, Alex is does the original Mothra remain superior or did Mothra versus Godzilla make this movie inferior Ooh, you know i i said on twitter uh, while i was watching this that i i think i had a hot take which you know in in reality i really don't know if this is a hot take or not but uh mothra is better than mothra versus godzilla uh at least to me um (laughs) i don't know about you but i think it for me it's hands down better i think it executes its characters better which Mothra vs. Godzilla, great movie, great characters. I'm not I'm not taking anything away from it. I'm just saying this in addition to, before anyone like misconstrues. But mm-hmm. I think its characters are done really well. I think you know this actually has a good looking larva Mothra that we don't get again until King of the Monsters. Uh, it also has great effects, a fun bad guy, and the film as a whole just doesn't have that many issues for me. Like I'm, I'm having a blast the whole way through. Yes. Yes. And you know, I'm not exactly sure what I thought when I was going into this film, I went in with pretty high expectations actually. Um, and, but I was looking for those genre tropes that we've been discussing these past few weeks. Yeah. And while I definitely found that this movie has those tropes in them, this film as a whole just exceeded my expectations. Uh, I do think you're right, Alex. This is the superior film between the two, though I still love Mothra versus Godzilla. I want to talk about the effects first, though. And, and the film features, in my opinion, some of the best toku that we've experienced, period. 
Sure, it, it has the fact that we're coming off Farron going for it. <laughs> you know, that helps, I'm sure. But it's more than that, you know. As you said, the Mothra suit is incredible. But the miniatures are so detailed and immersive. The destruction scenes vary a ton, so it never feels repetitive. And it's just mm-hmm. a fantastical experience from the opening credits theme, which to me feels more Hollywood style for Ifakube than most of his other scores, <laughs> to the sets on Infant Island, to the musical and mystical conclusion at the film's end. This is an experience of a movie if you allow yourself to be immersed in this world. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're right. It really excels in just about every aspect that you mentioned. And yes, compared to Godzilla, especially initially, there might be some things that are maybe tough to chew on uh, for some. All the mystical elements, the tiny little Mm -hmm. people. Uh, But for me, this went down smooth like the finest whiskey. (laughs) You know, not that I really drink, but I (laughs) I love how things are handled in this film compared to what we've seen before, such as... You know, we, we've seen the twins speaking English from the get-go, but I like that we see the twins not uh, not speaking, or not English, Japanese. Mm-hmm. I like that we don't, they're just making these indiscernible noises when communicating initially. It adds to that otherworldliness that they're not actually human and yeah. that they are something else. And I like the the solutions that are come up with in this film to to like in this tug of war trying to release silence and save the twins in various different scenarios. I really like that. But what's even more enjoyable is the way that infant Island is portrayed. Mm -hmm. I really like how this is done compared to any other iteration that we've seen so far. It's fleshed out. It's given a life of its own, but some of it quite literally by actually having a, like a very lively jungle with a lot of character built into it it's way better done than even mothra vs godzilla does it i really mm-hmm. feel like this this island is fleshed out and we can understand why people would be able to live on infant island because i feel like a lot of times it's this desolate island with people living underground yeah <laughs> <laughs> so really though the thing that stands out for me above all else are the characters mm-hmm. they really <laughs> they really carry a monster movie that is pretty light on the monster uh, until the last third. And mm-hmm. it is so enjoyable that you can't help but love these characters. Chujo is a great, he's kind of a straight man, I guess. He's mm-hmm. He's got more personality than your typical straight man. But his personality is playful when he's bouncing off of the enigmatic Fukuda, who yes. is just... The most lovable and hilarious character that I think we've seen in all of MVM so far. The humor <laughs> That's a big in this statement, yeah, <laughs> it yeah. is. The, the humor in this film, especially when it comes to him and being the snapping turtle, is just so excellent. I agree, and you know, Alex, I, I think the fantastic elements, the fantasy elements here, didn't take me by surprise, of course, because I know Mothra. And it's it's interesting because, you know, as yeah. we saw fantasy and sci-fi enter the realm of Godzilla in our Godzilla series, and I was being exposed to these things for the first time, I was kind of taken aback, you yes. know, like, and, and it was weird to me. It just stood out to me. But so much starts to make sense when it comes to 
uh, the rest of the Godzilla films and even some of the Gamera films when we look back at this film. Mm-hmm. But r- quickly, before I get to that point, um, let's. I do want to talk about the characters. I think you're exactly right. I think these are some of the best characters that we get. And they both have those amazing reveals. You know, you have <laughs> Fukudo and Chujo, which both have great reveals. And of course, the, the uh, latter, Chujo, gets his payoff in Tokyo SOS. Um, And I know we'll talk more about these characters in our awards, but overall, they just stood out as unique individuals, which I don't think we can say all the time for these Toho characters that we've come across in all these films. And we get the true villain in Dr. Nelson. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's rare that we get someone that is just truly uh, villainous like him. But, you know, going back to that Tokyo SOS connection for a moment, at the time when we watched that film, I recognized that this was a special reveal uh, because he's revealed in kind of the same way in that <laughs> film. And you told me why, but it didn't have that same impact, I'm sure, as it would have had if I had watched this first. Oh, yeah. So so watching Mothra was a unique experience for me because I was just able to make so many connections uh, to films that we've watched and see the influence of this film on Godzilla and beyond. You know, beyond Tokyo SOS, Alex, mm-hmm. I also was thinking about Kaneko's Gamera trilogy and I even texted you as I was watching this and and said you know I think Kaneko was definitely influenced by this film specifically specifically in Guardian of the Universe and and you texted back you know is that because of Mothra's ambivalence and yes like there's certainly that connection no doubt um you know and Mothra is just going to save the Shobajin at all costs you know there's certainly that and it, it doesn't really care what's in its way it's just trying to save the twins, you know, but beyond that, I just think about some of the technical elements and some of the scenes. I think about the moving camera in and between the miniature establishing shots, the camera, which treats the miniatures as if they're life size. We see Kaneko do the same thing in guardian of the universe. And then we get two scenes that seems that guardian of the universe pulls directly from this film, but with a twist. The first is the Tokyo tower scene of course. Um, Mm. And that one's kind of the obvious one. But then the second is the bridge scene where Fukuda saves the baby. That scene is, is directly, we see the exact same thing happen in guardian of the universe, but with Gauss. Right. Um, And so those are just some interesting connections that I made. Uh, And there's just so many movies that, that come back to this one, you know, with the cross imagery at the end Mm -hmm. and the final Mothra goodbye wave at the runway. There's so many different uh, allusions back to this film. Um, and so it's awesome to see it at this point and see all those allusions taking place. Yeah, you're, you're pointing out a lot more than I had perceived, but I like that. I would imagine from your perspective, especially after seeing all the movies <laughs> that this movie has influenced, uh-huh. and now you're going to see The Influencer. Yeah, <laughs> You've had a lot of those... Leonardo DiCaprio uh, pointing at the screen <laughs> meme moments where you're like, oh, oh, that's where that's for yes. us. Yes. <laughs> so uh, I, I, think, I think the uh, the only thing for me that I'm down on with this movie, and it's just mm-hmm. slightly, is the pacing for Mothra's rampage as a larva. I mm. think it goes on for a little long. Uh, but... It goes, I think it drags on right before he turns into a peanut. Uh, and that is a Mothra reference intended. Get it? Because the peanuts. <laughs> the ones. Um, anyway, the, the, the movie didn't need to be an hour and 40 long, 
But really, this is just a, a minor hiccup that's easily mm-hmm. overlooked because everything else is pretty great. I just cannot find much to complain about. Plus, right. this has one of the best villains that we've enjoyed yet. I mean, Nel- uh-huh. Nelson is really good, and he's got interesting uh-huh. motivations that we don't see very frequently. Mm-hmm. And he's got one of the best villain deaths yet. <laughs> like he dies in like this such like cowardly, almost out of the way way, uh-huh. not related to the monster, not even really related to any characters that we've seen. And you know, you just can't help but feel that he deserved to go out the way he did. He did. He did. Now it's not <laughs> as epic as Onadera, but it was no. it was pretty good. It was no. <laughs> completely different, actually. Onadera yeah, had yeah. an epic death. <laughs> exactly. And then and then this guy, he just he gets scared at a checkpoint pretty much, <laughs> runs away and gets shot. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. It's bad. Yeah. Well while well, for some reason stealing an old man's cane. <laughs> yeah. Oh right. <laughs> I don't know why I did not understand that. He stops for so long to wrestle this cane from I'm like it's gonna I don't know what was happening. <laughs> it was pretty bizarre. That scene was bizarre. And I think <laughs> I, I might have read something about how that was a rushed or that was rushed at the end because they were planning to film some of that some of those scenes actually in the United States, but they mm. weren't able to because they didn't hear back from Columbia in time. Ah. Um, and, and so there's there's something interesting there. I'm sure one of our listeners can can fill us in on some of the tidbits about the ending mm, there for Dr. Yeah. Nelson. Mm-hmm. But cough you know, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she'll be she's probably already inboxed us, Alex, with Bef- this fact. <laughs> before we've even finished this recording. Before we posted it, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, the other awesome aspect though of this film and and it's 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 rare that we have this in a film like this because this is a f- such a fun film, I think. But we also get really multiple layers of things that Honda is trying to say. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if we've seen a film that's that's this thematically dense since MVM episode one, Alex. Oh, wow! <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, just think about some of the questions that this film poses. And some of which are pretty darn controversial. I'm not going to attempt to answer these questions here. (laughs) Like, it's just not, like, I'm not going to. You know, I'm going to resist that. But I think these are interesting questions that that got me thinking as I was watching the film. Each one, for me, could could be an essay. And and that was another thing. I was like, man, this this movie is like six essays. And our our friend Chris... Uh, Stewartson wrote the essay for the upcoming like UK Eureka Mothra Blu-ray, mm. um, which I'm like, that's awesome. But mm-hmm. <laughs> I was that like, how awesome. did you how did you narrow down uh, what you were going to write about for this film? So so some of the questions that I was thinking about, I was thinking, you know, in a film that rails against exploitation, why does it feel the need to portray villagers in blackface? By portraying villagers in blackface instead of using real villagers in the film, was Honda Honda actually trying to avoid exploitation of actual islanders? Does does the film paint the islanders as real people or as caricatures? And and this has come up recently uh, online. How did Honda's time working with comfort women in prisoner of war camps affect his stance on the role of the shobajin? And then where does spirituality, a major component in the last third of the film, 
play a role in all of this? And what does the Reliskin fictional society descend? Does it descend from this ancient culture? <laughs> I don't have an answer to all these questions, but I definitely think these are some interesting things to, to wrestle with hmm. as you're thinking about the messages of this film. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not going to try to answer any of those. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, they're, they're, I mean, you can look on YouTube and, and other podcasts. You'll find some answers. I, I think for me, it's more interesting to, to sit with the questions and to consider them and to contemplate them. But yeah. today, Alex... On MVM Plus, we're not going to attempt to answer those questions. <laughs> Instead, <laughs> we're going to talk about the Monster Hunter trailer. Did you watch that, Alex? I'm going to have to. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it because I, I heard some people talking about it. Yeah, well, and I'm a huge Monster Hunter game fan. So, oh, are you? Ooh, yes. Well, then you're going to watch that and we're going to talk about yeah, that. It's, it's one of my favorite game series. Oh, wow. Okay. And then I also want to uh, talk about Gwen's Halloween plans and her birthday toys, which made you late to this recording, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear about your legendary battle with a cockroach, which pushed back the recording even further. Yeah. <laughs> and then you know who's returning, Alex? Blue Velvet oh, is blue. returning to MVM Plus to talk about what the guys are currently watching, what is on the queue. For Blue Velvet and MVM Plus. <laughs> Listen in to find out at patreon.com slash MVM pod. Yeah. And if you want to know what Blue Velvet is, uh, you're missing out by not being on Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know who I do want to hear from? I want to hear from Gwenda. All right, Gwen. I'm going to show you a couple clips that I think you're going to enjoy. What about the little dinosaur? Other dinosaur? What other dinosaur? Um, um, Mmm. Oh, oh, you're wondering where Godzilla is? Godzilla, Taffa, Ingle, Jackal, Jingy. In, who's Ingle, Jackal, and Jingy? Who are those? I'm the fun that tickle. Oh. It's Blooky. I'm having Mothra. You want Mothra? Are you saying Jingle Bell? No, Jingy G. Jingy G. Jingle G. Jingle G. Mothra's coming in. She's so huge. She's huge. Oh, oh no! She's going to to stop him. Too big. Yeah, is he too big? Can she make fire? Uh, I don't think Mothra can do fire, but, you know, maybe that she'll do it. But that doesn't to make fire. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Do you want to see Mothra when she grows up? She gets all big. Yeah. Yeah, I thought you might. Look what's coming out of it. Mothra! What's, what's Mothra look like now? A butterfly. Is she tiny? Oh, no, she's not tiny. She's big. Someone have to stop her. Wow, you're all about stopping Mothra, huh? Can she make fire? <laughs> she still cannot make fire. But that's still to make fire. Yeah, are you disappointed that Mothra can't make fire? But that's still to make fire. I know. Are you disappointed? <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. All right. Well, thank you. Gwen has now walked off already disinterested because there's no fire. That'll be the end of the Gwendar. All right. Well, welcome back in. Uh, Gwen <laughs> is a big fan of Mothra, Alex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You have told uh, me this, so I only thought it was appropriate for the Gwendar for well, every time. Episode. Yes. And, you know, every time she walks up to the microphone, if she sees it laying on the couch, if she sees it anywhere, she grabs it and she says, Godzilla, Mothra, Rodan, Gamera. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. My, my um, two-year-old, meanwhile, when it comes to monsters, can only just say, Zilla. Zilla. Uh, oh, no. He can't even say the good one. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, he can't. But let's go ahead and jump into our awards, Alex. Uh, you start us off, coolest character award. I think there's only one person that I know that you're going to choose, though. Yeah, it, it, it's the one. The only. <laughs> snapping turtle. Oh, yeah. Fakuda is just... I don't know how anyone could pick any other character. Eric, you may have done so out of obligation alone uh, to do so. (laughs) But uh, he is just so charming, so funny. He can fight a room full of men and come out unscathed. I mean... (laughs) Oh, yeah. This man is a jack of all That's one of my favorite scenes. That's one of my favorite scenes. Yes, it's so funny. And he's even... He's like Bat... He's the Batman of Toho. No, (laughs) stick with me here. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the moment where he is with, uh, I think it's Kanoko. Is that his the photographer that stays around with him? Uh, uh, Kyoko. Uh, Kyoko. Kugawa. Yeah, that's the actress's name. Michi okay. Hanamura. That's it. Yes. Yeah. So Michi, he, she's standing right beside him watching the boat, and she turns to her side, and he's gone, vanished, like Batman does. <laughs> And he's on the boat already. This is a man with stealth skills that are unparalleled. Does he get discovered later? Yes, but no one's perfect. Except for this man in every other way. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. We're going to talk more about him, Alex, for sure. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I knew you were going to pick him. So I had to go with Dr. Chujo, um, who is the cool he's he is a cool character like when we talk about cool characters he deserves some credit uh you know he's got that awesome reveal behind the book and then he's like you know when he finally pops his head out (laughs) his newspaper yeah his newspaper but even before then you know when you see the picture of him he's got the book in front of his face (laughs) and then we finally see his face you know and, and he's got uh you know, half of a beard going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's 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 mysterious at the beginning, but then he he quickly opens up to these people that he knows cares about things. You know, like Fukuda yes. that that cares about some of the same things that he cares about, and mm-hmm. that's what I appreciate about him is is he definitely cares and he's willing to put himself out there for a cause that matters to him. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I, I I like Doctor Chujo for that reason. Well, yeah, and and what I what I like how this movie handled that character, there is a way that you and me probably immediately jump to when we see the hidden character like partially cut off, mm-hmm. and then we see him again with the newspaper, and you immediately think that this is kind of going to be like this kind of stuck up almost type of character, right? Uh, very right. sciency or something like that. Yeah. But the way that they play with the newspaper to keep him from revealing himself. 
yeah. uh, it pretty quickly changes your perception of him. Yeah, he's playful almost, you know, and he fits right with the other two uh, characters, Fukuda and um, Michi, for sure. Yes. <laughs> uh, next next award is Most Memorable Line Award, and I said we'd come back to the Snapping Turtle, Alex, and that's because <laughs> of that scene that you mentioned. That's one of my favorite scenes. It has my Most Memorable Line Award. <laughs> it's when he says, you're dealing with the Snapping Turtle. I'm not just a simple fast talker, you know. <laughs> the entire scene is just so epic. Like, he flings a guy over his shoulders, and then he just kind of shrugs it off, you know. Yes. And he, like, makes this face where he's like, nothing can touch him. It's it's so good. It's so good. Oh, my God. And it shows, like, the four guys at the bottom of the stairwell all laying on oh, top of man. each other. He's it's so, so awesome. good just because it's so unexpected. Like, I don't... <laughs> I did not expect that at all. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, I uh, I had a different line from our our villain Nelson. Okay, it, it, it's a long one, but he says, "I'm sure you're all curious as to why reporters won't be allowed on this expedition. There's no particular reason why. We just want the mission to be successful." And then someone else asks, he says, "So you're saying the press would just get in the way?" And he says, "No, no, no." You and I see things differently. This mission is my responsibility. I won't need the services of the press. And I just really like that because it's got a few things. It's got a lot of logical fallacies. (laughs) But I was thinking that that is a generic politician line where there's some some big problems in the logic, but it's all intentional. It's all meant to deflect and not give a real answer while also making himself sound a little superior when he says, no, 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 you and I see things differently. I Mm -hmm. I just, it really lays that character out in a really interesting way very quickly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. That's a whole other aspect of the film that, you know, I didn't even talk about whenever I was asking those questions about theme. There's so many things about him and how he treats the Shobajin and how the Shobajin, I think it's interesting how, um, you know, in their musical performances, they, they become more and more Japanese as the performances keep happening, right? Mm-hmm. Like in their dress and in their performance, they become more and more um, enmeshed in the Japanese culture and yes. they lose more and more of their infant island culture. Mm. And, and, you know, Alex, that, that made me think about, uh, Ghidorah, the three-headed monster. And whenever we first see the twins in that movie, I remember thinking, what are they doing? Like, this goes against everything that I believe in them because or I believe when I'm thinking about them because they're performing mm. for, like, an audience. And, like, that's right. completely 100% against what Mothra versus Godzilla, which is the only film I hadn't seen this film, is against everything that they – stood for in Mothra versus Godzilla. And now looking at this film, everything I stand for in Mothra. But I, I've been, re- I was rewatching uh, the beginning there of Ghidorah, the three headed monster. And you know, what's interesting is it, it's very, um, they, they pay homage to infant Island. They're not, it's not a Japanese mm-hmm. performance. It's an infant yes. Island performance. And there's a reason it's their choice in that, in that instance, yes. they're not being forced into it. It's- so I had a little bit less, issue with it the second mm. time watching it yeah. and especially with this context it's almost like a it's almost like a goodwill mission for, mm-hmm. of their own to yes bridge the gap with with the rest of humanity right right and that's what that's what makes it different 
Um, and so I didn't have that issue with it this time. And, and I saw the differences when watching this movie. That's just another one of those things. It was that Leonardo DiCaprio point at the screen <laughs> moment that you mentioned before. Uh, what about your can't believe that acting award? Uh, you know, I have a feeling I know who you're going to go with. Uh, mm-hmm. I wanted to put Snapping Turtle because honestly, yeah, he's good. <laughs> but Chujo is understated in a way because because Snapping Turtle takes all he steals every scene he's in. But Chujo is really playful enough to bounce off of him, yes. in, in a way that really makes him likable and so likable that in another forty years, when you see him in Tokyo SOS, you're excited to see him. Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. He's he's just he's very charming without having to I'm not gonna say that uh Fukuda is overacting, but without being, I guess, overzealous uh in his acting. And he's just he he him, I mean I'm just uh, I keep saying it, but they're both the characters in this film are just so well done mm-hmm. and so well realized that you could put a lot of people probably in this can't believe that acting reward. Right. Yeah, no, it's true. But I chose, I did choose <laughs> Frankie Sakai as Fukuda, Alex. And, you know, there's just so many small things that, that he does uh, that are humorous to me. I, I wonder why. I wonder why we don't see him more. You know, like, yeah. have we seen him? You know, like, because he was good in this movie. I'm wondering if he was... If he was too good, <laughs> like, like, really, like, we can't put him in the movie. Like, we can't have every movie with this character because he's just, he's going to be this character. I don't was know. He, I, was he Toho's Daniel Day Lewis? Oh, <laughs> he could only be this one character. <laughs> he could never, he, he, once he became Snapping Turtle, no one ever figured out how to snap him back, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> oh man you know there's that part at the end where they're at the church and the bells are ringing and yeah. you know he says something i can't remember his exact line but he says something about you know think thinking god and then it's just a small thing but he he crosses himself you mm-hmm. know but he you can tell he doesn't really know what he's doing but he's kind of sincerely making it up <laughs> it's just a hilarious small little detail <laughs> there's just things like that throughout this entire movie he's doing and if you just watch him he's hilarious the entire time it's awesome (laughs) he really is you know what i think the thing that really charmed me to him was the mouse scene as well yeah yeah it's just so goofy (laughs) and it really is like really shows how well this movie handles so because it is ridiculous that seems ridiculous but it's it's ridiculous to a point that it it's totally okay you know, you, you want to hear, here's something I thought about though, Alex, about yeah. that scene. It's very ridiculous. But then I was thinking, you know, this guy, uh, Fukuda is actually pretty strategic. You know, he's actually, he is stealthy. He is a little sneaky. Um, he likes man. to get things his way. All of a sudden he, he stands up, you know, and he acts like this mouse is, is like in his clothes. Yes. I think there's a chance that the mouse wasn't right. He had the mouse in his hand the whole time. Oh, right. But he, he's putting on this little act, this little show to, to, to kind of put Chujo's guard down a little bit. Yeah. Right. And he entertains the kids as well. And he entertains the kids as well. And then he reaches down to his pants pocket. The mouse has been in his hand and then he pulls up his hand and there's the mouse. 
Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> I, I, it could be wrong. Could be wrong. It's funny either it's way. Possible. But yeah. I did think about that. I was like, ah, th- that would be an interesting little twist if, if that was the case. <laughs> Man, yeah. He's truly the Batman. That's that's what I'm saying. Because of how we've built up him, <laughs> I, I'm going to go with this theory, Alex, and say he's just one of a kind. Yeah. <laughs> what about your standout effect awards? Well, you mentioned it, and it's actually the Mothra larva suit. Why does it look so good, Alex? <laughs> right? Why? Why does it look so good in this film? I, I don't understand. Um, it's it, it looks great, and yes. then we get we get uh, God Mothra versus Godzilla, and we talked about in that movie how they look like turds. <laughs> I know. I don't get it. And I mentioned in our episode, uh, in our Mothra vs. Godzilla episode, that I don't know why this, why the one from the original movie looks better than this one. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I mean, I do it. have some. I have some theories. I do. Uh, first off, I like the I like the blue eyes. I yes. really do. Uh, the blue eyes are awesome. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, they're red every other time, right? Yes. The blue eyes are cool. Like it adds a little bit of softness to the monster, which I think is kind of important when you have kind of a grotesque mm-hmm. worm-like monster, right? Yes. Um, but also this thing is huge. It's huge. And it's put up against miniatures that are so detailed. You mentioned earlier that you thought it maybe went on a little bit too long. For me, I, it didn't because it was so varied. Um, yes. And I was just enjoying seeing this suit like destroy these miniatures. It's and so good. You know, someone said online like multiple people were inside the suit to make it work. Yes. <laughs> um, that's awesome. That's that's really cool. Uh, and then, you know, whenever you have this huge suit in comparison to um, these awesome miniatures, it feels lifelike. It really yes. does. Whereas in Mothra versus Godzilla – the main time the, the the larva or larvae are featured is at the end when you don't have those miniatures to compare the larva to, mm. you know? And so they just feel like these are they're in the water the whole time and they just don't feel as real, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so and I think that more, goes into it. They look more balloon-like too mm-hmm. than this. Like I would have settled for a smaller version of this in the other movies instead of the little yeah. turds we got. <laughs> I, I'm sure, I, and I'm sure that you know the balloon look of it and texture of it from the from the looks is that it's easier to operate. It's lighter. Mm-hmm. It's not difficult compared to right. what this was. I mean, yeah, I'm it, sure it, there are practical reasons. You know, like they went with something. I'm else. sure, but you know what? <laughs> None of them are satisfactory. <laughs> <laughs> they aren't as satisfactory when you see this. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not. Um, so what about you? What was your standout effect award? Yeah, though? mine was a uh, snapping turtle. <laughs> 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 no, uh, mine was when uh, Mar, uh, Mar, Mar, good lord, Martha, uh, Mar, I almost called her Martha. All right, Batman Martha. versus Superman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I like the. <laughs> so when Mothra evolves into the Mothra we know and love because no one likes turd Mothra except for in this movie. Um, (laughs) She, she flies and she's throwing all this debris and everything. But my favorite is when she throws the cars into buildings and we just see them 
uh, we see the buildings crumble on impact with these little toy cars, but I just like the way it looks, even though it's probably one of the least believable effects of this movie. I just really appreciate because they didn't have to show that they could have shown buildings falling over. They could have done this or that, but mm-hmm. I like that they showed debris entering buildings and causing them to crumble. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, that, that was cool. Really cool. Yeah. Um, awesome effect. What about your, Oh, that's a good shot award. Uh, mine was, so we, you know, when they go back for the Shobi Jin to take them off infant Island and they massacre mm-hmm. a lot of the oh, yeah. natives, yeah. And that, that that's a pretty pretty dark scene, and it ends with a dark scene of one of the it looks like more elder members of the uh, of, of Infant Island. He's at the altar, and there's a shot behind him with his hands up, and he's on his like knees mm-hmm. about to die. And it's just a really great shot while he's on that altar right before he summons Mothra to come out and save the Shobi Jin. Right. Yes, it is. It is a great shot. And and honestly, my shot was mirroring that shot. And it was the shot at the very end. Um, when you have the the tribe there on the Mothra set and, mm. and you've got like the, the whole scene, you know, a long shot of of that cave. That's just awesome. Um, it's, it's a darker tone, uh, 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 right in this yeah. film, whenever we, we're talking about Mothra and the infant Islanders, there's a darker tone on the Island than we see with Mothra later on. But mm-hmm. I, I like that part, right? I like that, that it's, it's a little bit dark and mysterious. I think that's, that's an interesting aspect. Yeah, for sure. Cool. What about your, uh, rating and ranking Eric? How did this go for you? Well, Alex, you know, at, Dr. Nelson, um, whenever he is about to present the Shobajim for the first time, he says to the audience as they eagerly await um, their appearance, he says, life is not without its mysteries. You know, and for Dr. Nelson, mystery is meant to be discovered, to be answered, to be conquered. Yet Mothra, as a film and as a monster, refuses to be boxed into neat categories. This film remains a mystery in its intricacies and execution and really as we've discussed its longevity and influence so honestly because of those things that we've discussed um because of those moments uh that really just kind of left me in awe this film is is going to be rated higher than any film i've i've given in a while and so i I give it a 4.5 out of 5 um which is the highest of our Toho series. And I would go so far as to say, you know, it's in my top five of all the films that we've seen so far. Um, hands down. Hands wow. down. Ooh. Remember, this is coming from the guy that gave uh, Godzilla 1954 4.5 out of five. That's so this true. gets the same rating. Oh, interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Um, for me, Mothra is kind of a, <laughs> even though I watched it last year, I'd forgotten a lot about it. Uh, it, it was a nice surprise. I had for, forgotten all about the legendary snapping turtle. <laughs> and this film really illustrated a lot of things that are missing from later Toho films. Uh, the way they laid out infant Island, the way they made a pretty realistic villain, actually. And the way that they lay out a lot of the destruction and effects, again, you know, like Rodan, this film really 
shows off what Toho was capable effects-wise and what we were neglected with <laughs> in the later series when they're trying to save their budget. Mm-hmm. I really like this film, but it's really the character work that really makes it excel for me. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I think it's really fun, but the characters make this an excellent movie, and I'm going to give it of uh, I'm gonna give it a four out of five. I, I kind of want to give it a four point five out of five, but I don't know if I'm quite there. It, again, th- this might be one like Rodan where I'm gonna have to mold this over uh-huh. a little, a yeah. little longer. Yeah, but hmm. this one, this one to me, it, to me, it's more than the characters. I think you're right. The characters are awesome. To me, I also think the effects are. I think the effects are top notch. I think this is. This is what we saw in Rodan, but a step more, right? The set yes. is bigger and more expansive. <laughs> uh, more money is put into it, you can tell, right? It's more colorful than Rodan, obviously. Um, but also, it's the themes and it's the thematic element. This is a movie that you you can have fun with, but you can also think about and chew on for, for quite mm. a while. Yeah, um, I believe That's what puts I it g- over the edge. Do you... Hmm, what did I give Rodan? Did I give it a 4 out of 5? You gave it a 4, yeah. Yeah, I want to give this a 4.5 then, because I do like this more than <laughs> Rodan. Because it, it's mostly because that third act is so much better in this. Mm-hmm. It really is. And the characters are better yeah. in a lot of ways. The only thing that yeah. this is missing is some of those emotional elements that Rodan hits you like just completely blindsides yeah. you with at the very end, which I, mm-hmm. I just, I love when a movie can do that. Yeah. Uh, Rodan does have a more memorable ending. I think, even though I like the ending here too, uh, yeah. Rodan's ending is, is awesome. Uh, yeah. Also, I didn't mention it, but the pacing of this film is just top notch. You know, there's, we, we do so many things and go so many, pl- so many places for me, it didn't really slow down, and that that is hard to do in some of these older films. Is For is sure. create create a film that doesn't feel like it slows too much down, right? It never loses yes. its pace. And, and um, this, even though that's like my only complaint about this movie, it is so little that it slows down for me that it, it is negligible. Yeah. Yep. Well, cool, man. Did you come up with a uh, rhyme for next week's film? Uh, next week is Atragon, right? This is right. Okay. Yeah, why not? I got one. Okay. Uh, so next week is Atragon. If we like it, will we be wrong or will we be happy and sing a song? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell that uh, was off the top of my head? It wasn't that bad. That was, that was pretty good. Yeah. I thought you would say something like, you know, uh, next week. We'll become an Achaman as we watch Atragon because that's something like you that's, would do. That's way better than mine. <laughs> I like yours way more. That's not my rhyme, though. Oh, that was my imitation of you making a rhyme. You know, well, you were good. So let's see, hear your bad one then. Oh, here's my bad one. Should should Atragon be remembered for introducing Manda? Or is it more a piece of Toho propaganda? Oh, it's good, but I liked your imitation. Atchimon better. better. 
<laughs> it's more my style. Uh, all right. Well, as always, uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at NVM underscore pod on letterbox. I'm Eric Neely and Alex is Alex Cornett. You can email us nvmpod at gmail.com or leave us feedback at nvmpod.com. You can support us as we mentioned on Patreon at patreon.com slash nvmpod and receive weekly bonus off the cuff episodes. Um, and if you feel so led, leave us a review on iTunes. Your review really helps. Monsters vs. Men is produced by Alex Cornett. Executive producers are Faye Basir and Michael Herndon. Special thanks to our wives, Rock Band for PlayStation 3, Senor Honda, Drew the Collector, our Instagram connector, and you, the listener, for listening. Until next week. Try, try to, to stay, stay alive. alive. <laughs> Next week, we'll become an Achamon as we watch Atragon because that's something like you that's, would do. That's way better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>